Good morning, everyone. Good morning. It's good to see you in the service this morning. And uh, as you know, we have to keep time, so not long time for worship these days, but we praise God. Amen. So let's quickly turn our Bibles to the book of Jeremiah chapter 17, uh, verse 7 to 10. We are looking at part three of life is about choices. Life is about choices. And we are looking today at part three. Last week, we started looking at the three big choices you have to make in your life. And we looked at one and two. Today, we are only looking at the last one. And I believe that the Lord is going to speak to us. And I say that these are the three big choices you have to make in your life. They are going to determine everything that happens in your life eventually. Jeremiah chapter 17 verse 7. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is the Lord. For he shall be like a tree planted by the waters which spreads out its roots by the river and will not fear when heat comes but its leaf will be green and will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor will cease from yielding fruit. The heart is deceitful above all things, and desperately wicked, who can know it? I, the Lord, search the heart, I test the mind, even to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doings. Amen? Let's go to Psalm 95, verse 10 and 11. The Bible says, For forty years I was grieved with that generation and said, It is a people who go astray in their hearts and they do not know my ways. So I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Amen? Now, what, what, uh, I'm not going to dwell so much on that because we covered a lot of this last week. But basically, whenever a person goes astray, their going astray first happens in the heart. Hallelujah. And also, whenever a person goes on the right path in life, their going on the right path in life first and foremost starts in the heart. So the Bible is telling us the heart is deceitful uh, above all things and it is desperately wicked who can know it. But at the very same time, the Bible is telling us that blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is the Lord. And I want you to take note of that. It's not saying whose hope is in the Lord. It says whose hope is the Lord. You have to get to that point whereby all your hope is God. Hallelujah. So last week, we looked at two uh, key choices that you have to make in your life. And, and I said, number one, you have to choose what you allow into your life. You have to choose what you feed on in life. We looked at Deuteronomy 30 verse 19, Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 5, and Genesis chapter 2 verse 15 to 17. When we looked at Jeremiah, we saw that God told him that he had called him to be a prophet to the nations. And I shared with us that when that kind of a word comes to a person like Jeremiah, he has to make a choice 
on what he feeds himself on. And we, we looked at, at quite a lot of things. I think the simplest way I can put it is that whenever life has a reason to live, there is always a meaning attached to it. And the question is, does your life have a meaning or it doesn't have? Because when your life has got a meaning, then there will be quite a lot of choices you have to make in terms of what you have to feed on. It's true God created us in his image, but we have to choose what we allow into our lives. We have an option to determine what we allow into our life, whether it's going to be life or death, according to uh, Deuteronomy 30, 19, or whether it's going to be good or evil, according to Genesis chapter 2, verse 15 to 17. And I emphasized, I said, please choose the conversations that you get involved yourselves in because they will either equip you for the battles you are facing now or the battles you're going to face in the future. Number two, we said you have to choose the name of the things that come your way. Romans 8.28 says, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. So we, we covered quite a lot around that, Jeremiah 29.11 and Genesis chapter 2 verse 19. I think the key message I shared with us was basically to say that any experience you go through in life can be a training ground for greatness. Anything you go through in life. Hallelujah. And today, I just want us to look at the third one. And the third biggest choice you have to make in your life, which will determine whether your life turns out good or not good, is you have to choose whom you welcome into your life. You have to choose whom you welcome into your life. In Proverbs chapter 12, verse 26, the Bible says, The righteous should choose his friends carefully, for the way of the wicked leads them astray. So it basically means not everybody can be your friend. You have to be very careful how you choose your friends. Proverbs 27, verse 17, As iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. Your friends are either going to make your face be bright or your face become sullen and your face become sore. It depends on, the, on, it depends on who speaks into your life. Proverbs 13, 20. He who walks with wise men will be wise, guaranteed. But the companion of fools will be destroyed, guaranteed. It matters whom you welcome into your life. If you walk with wise people, you will be wise. You actually be surprised with yourself. You know, how am I able to think like this when I could not think about these things in the past? You know, so whosoever walks with wise people will be wise, and whosoever becomes a companion of fools will be destroyed. It's up to you whether to be destroyed in life or whether to become wise in life. Hallelujah. Second Corinthians 6.14 Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers for what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness and what communion has light with darkness. The challenge that we have with most people is that they have no clue about what their life is about. So this one, I know this verse has been applied so much about marriage and everything else. Yes, it applies in that context, but it also applies on who you do business with. Who you associate with. Who speaks into your life. I think the reason why it, apply, it is applied so much in marriage is that the challenge we have is that most people have no clue what marriage is all about. Amen? 
Most people have no clue. So the Bible is very clear. Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. That's God's perfect will for your life. There's no fellowship between uh, righteousness and lawlessness. And there is no communion between light and darkness. You're walking in the light. Therefore, you cannot associate with darkness. Simple. Guaranteed. 1 Corinthians 15.33 Do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. Corrupts good behavior. So, so you have to be very careful. Who is in your company? In Psalm 1 verse 1, I'm just reading a, uh, a few scriptures. Blessed is a man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. Blessed is such kind of a man. So, who do you get counsel from? Is it the ungodly or the godly? Because most of the times the godly will give you the kind of counsel that is contrary to the way your heart is thinking. Because the heart is deceitful above all things. Who can know it? So the godly will tell you this is what the Bible says. And it's up to you to decide to follow what the Bible is saying. Or not to follow what the Bible is saying. But then he says whosoever is a companion of fools will be destroyed. When you follow godly counsel your life will be safe. Hallelujah. First Corinthians 5. Verse 11, this one is even very hard. It says, but now I have written to you not to keep company with anyone named a brother, all right? Whosoever calls himself a brother or a sister, it says, ne- never keep, not to keep company with anyone named a brother who is sexually immoral. No company. Hallelujah. Number two, o covetous, waumbombo, no company. Hallelujah. Number three, oh, an adoratory. No company. Oh, a revirer. A revirer is someone else who speaks scornful, abusive words, mocks people, falsely accuses people, or falsely accuses things. If the Bible says, don't keep company with them. Hallelujah. Then, then the other one says, no, or a drunkard, or a jailer, no company, or an extortioner. An extortioner is somebody else. The Bible says no company. Because if, and, and then it adds, it says, not even to eat with such a person. Hallelujah. But, but, you know, there is a reason why the Bible is saying these things. Because these things are going to determine where you go in life. If you keep company with anyone who is a brother, who is sexually immoral, I said it last week, that if you sit with people and they're busy talking about cheating their wives, cheating their wives, it is guaranteed you will cheat on your wife. If they say, oh, they're busy cheating, Talking about cheating their husband, cheating their husbands, you it's guaranteed you cheat on your husband. Hallelujah. If you are busy watching cheaters, 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 you will cheat. That's why we talked about what you feed yourself on, what you allow into your life. So the Bible says, if you are walking with somebody, you will not long from now. Hallelujah. It says if, if, if that person is a reviler, somebody who 
abuse, who is abusive, mocks people. Not long from now, you, you, the words that will begin to come out of your mouth, you begin to mock. You even mock things of the church. You even begin, begin to mock God. So the Bible says, uh-uh, don't, don't associate. Don't even eat with such kind of a person. Because not long from now, you will be like that. In Genesis 2, verse 21 to 23, And the Lord caused the deep sleep to fall on Adam, and he slept, and he took one of his ribs, and closed up the flesh in its place. Then the rib which the Lord God had taken from man, he made into a woman, and he brought her to the man. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones, and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, because she was taken out of man. So, it mattered to Adam whom he had to welcome into his life. And why am I talking about choose whom you welcome into your life? Is because friendship is not by force. And marriage is also not by force. Hallelujah. Anyone who wants to be your friend by force, most likely has an agenda, and that agenda is not in your, in your interest. You have to be very, very careful whom you welcome into your life. To the point that don't feel bad if somebody wants to befriend you and you don't feel like befriending them. Because it's not by force. Hallelujah. It's not by force. Amen, church. So you have to determine who comes into your life and also who exits into your, in your life. There are some people who have to exit your life. You know, when I was five years old, I'm very sure I had a friend. I don't know who his name is, and I don't even know where he is right now. When I was 12, I'm very sure I had a very close friend. Maybe I even called him BFF, best friend forever. I don't know who he is. I don't know even where he is right now. In my 20s, I had friends, and some of them best friends. Some of them, I have no clue where they are. Even some of these who were very, very good friends, we can meet today in ShopRite and, hi, hi, is everything okay? Is everything okay? And you begin to wonder, Koma, we used to be close. Ah, uh-uh. exit, entrance. Some people have to exit your life. And don't feel bad about it. Some people have to come in because you know where you're going in life. Hallelujah. Don't open your life to everybody. Children, children of God. Hallelujah. Don't open your life to everybody. Some people will come into your life and mess you up. That's what happened to Jehoshaphat. So let's go to 2 Chronicles chapter 20. Jehoshaphat, I, I love it because in the same 2 Chronicles chapter 20, we read about him fighting against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir. And, 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 and I think it was Ahaziah, or, or who, who was that? Who rose up in the assembly and said, uh, do not fear for the bodies. Yeah, Jehaziel. In Second Chronicles chapter 20, so they worship God, they defeat the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, and, and it happens like that. But let's go to verse 31. The Bible says, so Jehoshaphat was king over Judah. He was 35 years old when he became king. And I hope there's somebody in this room who is 35. 
And he reigned 25 years in Jerusalem. So 35 plus 25 is how many years? 60 years old. His mother was Azuba, the daughter of Shiu, Shiuhi. And he walked in the way of his father Asa and did not turn aside from it, doing what was right in the sight of the Lord. Hallelujah. You remember I have said our children will model our marriages. You have, always have to remember that. Your children will follow you. Let's go to, to verse 35. After this, Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, allied himself with Ahaziah, king of, Jeho of Israel, who acted very wickedly. And he allied himself with him to make ships to go to Tashish. And they made the ships in Ezion Geba. But Eliezer, the son of Dodava, of Maresha, prophesied against Jehoshaphat, saying, Because you have allied yourself with Ahaziah, the Lord has destroyed your works. Then the ships were wrecked, so that they were not able to go to Tashish. It's very interesting because I want us to go to 2 Chronicles chapter 9. 2 Chronicles chapter 9 and in verse 20. The Bible says, All King Solomon's, Solomon's drinking vessels were gold, and all the vessels of the house of the forest of Lebanon were pure gold. Not one was silver, for this was accounted as nothing in the days of Solomon. For the king's ships went to Tashish with the servants of Hiram. Once every three years, the merchant ships came bringing gold, silver, ivory, herbs, and monkeys. So King Solomon surpassed all the kings of the earth in riches and wisdom. Where did Solomon get the gold? Where was Jehoshaphat planning to, to make his ships go to? So Tashish was not a problem. The problem was who they associated with. When you come in 1 Kings chapter 5, you actually find that Hiram, the Bible says that he, he was a king of Tyre and had always loved David. So when David died and he heard that they have anointed Solomon to be king, he sent him a word and then he says, you know my father wanted to build the Lord a house and he was not able to do so in his life because of all the battles he first. Now I have purpose to do this. And the Bible says, Hiram said, oh praise God for David has a wise son. And they eventually, they eventually uh, came, uh, they signed a treaty and, and, and that's why they were now, be, they came to this point that now ships were going to Tarshish with the servants of Hiram to bring in God from there. So the problem wasn't the God. The problem wasn't the silver in Tarshish. The problem wasn't the apes and the monkeys and everything else in Tarshish. The challenge we have right here is that Jehoshaphat welcomed Ahaziah into his life who was very wicked. And Solomon welcomed Hiram into his life, whom the Lord had no issues with. The, the people who come into your life, the, either the Lord has issues with them or he has no issues with them. And you may actually end up losing all your investment in life. That's what happened to your husband. All his investment in life, gone. Just like that. Why? The person he associated with. Hallelujah. Why is this a curse? This is a curse because when people enter into your life, 
they will enter with all that they have and all that they are. Hallelujah. If they are wicked, they will enter with wickedness double double. Hallelujah. And the challenge you have is that when you have to make a decision, these are the people you are going to go to to get counsel, to get advice. They are what we call the gatekeepers of your wisdom. Amen. So I'm going to show you if, uh, about four cases. Case number one, Jezebel and Ahab. These, are, these two are husband and wife. And, and I'll tell you, in these marriages of ours where we are right now, we, we can decide, let, let me just go there. Second Kings, first Kings, first Kings, first Kings, first Kings. Chapter 1. First Kings, chapter 21, sorry. 21, I'm sorry. Forgive the pastor this morning. Verse 1, the Bible says, and it came to pass after these things that Naboth, the Jezreelite, had a vineyard which was in Jezreel next to the palace of Ahab, king of Samaria. Take note of that. The vineyard was next to the palace. Alright? So Ahab spoke to Naboth saying, Give me your vineyard that I may have it for a vegetable garden because it is near next to my house. And I'll come to this one. It is near next to my house as I close my service. And for it, I'll give you a vineyard better than it. Or, if it seems good to you, I'll give you its worth in money. But Naboth said to Ahab, The Lord forbid that I should give the inheritance of my fathers to you. Hallelujah. So Naboth says, No, this is my father's inheritance. A good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. So Naboth says, No, 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 no. This vineyard was left to me by my fathers. So the fact that it's next to your house, it's not an issue. You can have anywhere in Israel for a vegetable garden and send a chariot there to be bringing vegetables. It, this is not an issue. So let's see the response of Ahab. Verse 4. So Ahab went into his house sullen and displeased. Because of the word which Naboth the Jezreelite had spoken to him. For he had said, I will not give you the inheritance of my fathers. And he lay down on his bed. And turned away his face. And would not eat no food. Strike. But Jezebel, his wife, came to him and said, Why is your spirit so silent that you eat no food? And he says to him, to, to the wife, because I spoke to him of the Jezreelite, and he said, said to him, give me your vineyard for money, or else if it pleases you, I'll give you another vineyard for it. And he answered, I'll not give you my vineyard. And then Jezebel, his wife, said to him, you now exercise authority over Israel. Arise, eat food, and let your heart be cheerful. I'll give you the vineyard of Naboth the Jezreelite. And she wrote letters in Ahab's name. Your wife, your husband can write letters in your name. Seal them with his seal. And send the letters to the elders and the nobles who were dwelling in the city of, with Naboth. She wrote in the letters saying, Proclaim a fast and seat Naboth with high honor among the people. And seat two men, scoundrels, before him to bear witness against him saying, You have, you have blessed against God and the king. Then take him out and stone him that he may die. 
So the men of this city, the elders and nobles who were inhabitants in this city, did as Jezebel had sent to them, and it was written in the letters which she had sent to them. They proclaimed a fast, seated Naboth with her own among the people, and two men scoundrels came in and sat before him, and the scoundrels witnessed against him, against Naboth, in the presence of the people, saying, Naboth has blasphemed God and the king. Then they took him outside the city and stoned him with stones so that he died. Then they sent to Jezebel, saying, Naboth has been stoned and is dead. And it came to pass when Jezebel heard that Naboth had been stoned and was dead, that Jezebel said to Ahab, Arise, take possession of the vineyard of Naboth the Jezreelite, which he refused to give you for money, for Naboth is not alive but dead. So it was when Ahab heard that Naboth was dead, that Ahab got up from the bed, the face is no longer swollen, and he's no longer refusing to eat. And and went down to take possession of the vineyard of Naboth the Jezreelite. Wickedness, assassination, murder. Influence, wife. Your wife or your husband can influence you to either serve God or not serve God. Let's go to the other husband and wife. Acts chapter 5. I'll quickly go through this. The other one I will not read. Acts chapter 5. Verse 1. But a certain man named Ananias, which Sapphira his wife, saw the possession and he kept back the of the kept back part of the proceeds, his wife also being aware of it. And brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and keep back part of the price of the land for yourself? While it remained, was it not your own? And after it was sold, was it not in your own control? Why have you conceived this thing in your heart? You have not lied to man, but to God. Then Ananias, hearing these words, fell down and breathed his last. So great fear came upon all those who heard these things. And the young man arose, wrapped him up, carried him out, and buried him. Now it was about three hours later, when his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. And Peter answered her, Tell me whether you sought for the land for so much. She said, Yes, for so much. Then Peter said, how is it that you have agreed together to test the spirit of the Lord? Look, the feet of those who have buried your husband are at the door and they will carry you out. Then immediately she fell down at his feet and breathed her last. And the young man came in, found her dead and carrying her out, buried her by her husband. So great fear came upon all the church and upon all who heard these things. Why did God do these things? Because if you check, the church has just been established and this is the first act of deceit and God has to put it down. It shouldn't happen again. But where did it happen? It was at home. Hallelujah. So the question is, the people who come into your life matter. Let's go to uh, 2 Samuel chapter 1, chapter 13. It's a story of Amnon and Jonadab. Amnon and Jonadab uh, Amnon is sick. The Bible says he was so distressed for his sister Tamar because she was very beautiful. So now the Bible says Jonadab was a very crafty man. Jonadab was a, a son of a brother of David called Shmei. When you come in First Chronicles chapter 2, 13 to 15, you actually hear there that Jesse had seven sons. Shammah is omitted. Uh, though Shammah is mentioned in 1 Samuel chapter 16, and very likely why he is not mentioned in 1 Chronicles chapter 2, 13 to 15, is very likely that Shammah had died and maybe had no more children. 
And therefore he was not included in the chronicles. So it's not that Jesse had seven sons. Because in 1 Samuel chapter 16, we are told he had eight. But when you come to 1 Samuel, First uh, Chronicles chapter 2, you actually find there all the names. There's Ozem, there's Rida, uh, Radai, and there's Nathaniel, and uh, there's uh, Eliab, and Jonadah, uh, and uh, Eliab, Abnadab, and, and David, and then they've got two sisters, Zoriah and Abigail. So they're all mentioned there. So, so Jonadab was actually a son of David's brother. So this thing of saying, no, he's my brother. Oh, okay. You know, the, 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 the cousins of your children can influence them to do evil or no evil. So eventually, uh, our good friend, Amnon, falls sick, pretends to be sick. Word is sent to his father. The father comes, checks on him and says, no, I need my sister Tama to make me some cakes. I want to eat. Then the sister comes. And actually, the father innocently sends the daughter. The daughter comes, makes the cakes for the brother. The brother says, let everybody go out. The brothers go out. If the people go out and says, he says, no, bring the cakes to me in the bedroom. The sister says, he's my brother, he's my cousin. So they go to the bedroom and he rips her. And then when she's going out, she puts ashes on her head and she's crying. And she just goes inside the house of her brother Abisalom and does not go out. And Abisalom says, have you just been with him? Did he do anything to you? But don't worry, he's your brother. But the Bible says Abisalom had get the issues in his head. Two years later, Abisalom goes to the father and says, I'm throwing a party. I want all the king's sons to come with me. And I want you, the king, to come with me also. And the king says, no, 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 I'm not going to come with you. Then eventually he gets all the brother. He tells his servants, when Amnon is happy, rise up, slaughter him. So they kill him. This is after two years. He has kept the issues in his heart for two years. Then he runs away. He goes to Tamai. And then when he goes away, He's there for about three years. That's when Job convinces the father to bring Abisalom back. Issue that had started. And you hear nothing about Jonadab. The one who has died is Amnon. Sometimes in life you will die for other people's issues. These are the kinds of friends who says, We have heard that your husband is cheating you with so and so. And we have heard. You don't have all the evidence. And then you go to seek counsel from them and they say, ah, so and so is cheating with your husband? Let's go Peter up. And you go get knifed. Amen? You come in, you, you come to 1 Kings chapter 11, verse 1 to 13. After God has appeared to Solomon twice, the Bible says his wives turned his heart away from God. Hallelujah. Amos chapter 3 verse 3 says, can two walk together unless they are agreed? So, here is quick advice. If you are an angry person, don't get angry people around you. Because that's a very bad combination. That's like petrol and fire. Amen? Avoid. Proverbs 22 verse 24, 25 says, make no friendship with an angry man. And with a furious man, do not go. Lest you learn his ways and set a snare for your soul. Uchelam Sampa for your life. 
Hallelujah. So choose people who compliment you. People who add value to your life. People who complete your life. People who give you an option to see the other side of life. Not just exactly like you. So if you are very slow in making decisions, bring in some people who are quick in making decisions. If you are very risk averse, bring in some people who are very risky in life. Because if you are very risk averse, what will happen is you go and consult them and say, hey, no, this one, no, 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 no. Hey, uvla la pasi, uvla. Hallelujah. So that's why I'm saying, be very, very careful. Sometimes you are grow friends. The reason why sometimes we want to keep old friends, old friends, is because we want to meet and then we say, hey, you remember Gumere Mount? And all you want is to remember the past, to remember the past, to remember the past. You know what? Don't live life based on the past you remember. Live life based on the future you're going to. You can keep one or two for nostalgic purposes that you can say, you remember Mary Mount or you remember the Kun Girls or you remember Box 2. Just maybe one or two. But the rest should be for the future. You just want to remember Mary Mount. You're no longer Mary Mount, man. Eh? You, you still want to remember Namitete. You want to remember to remember James and Madis. You want to remember where you are married. You moved. It was for that season. Now you're going ahead. Now you have children. You need to be associated with a person who says, you know what? Leave an inheritance for your children's children. You can remember the headmaster or the sports teacher or the, the head prefect at whatever. They will not prepare an inheritance, man. Hallelujah. Associate with people who will help you to where you're going. Even church. Don't just choose church because it's next to your house. That's what Ahab was trying to do. He says the vineyard was next to his house and therefore he wanted to turn it into a vegetable garden. You know, let's say, let's say you are hungry and all the restaurants, there's no food in your house, you want to go eat out. And all the restaurants around your house, they are selling fried cockroaches and boiled cockroaches. Are you going to say, because I am hungry, and all these restaurants around here are selling boiled cockroaches and fried cockroaches, therefore let me just eat cockroaches? You're going to walk past all of them until you come to the place where they're serving the kind of food you are looking for. So the question is, if you can do that for food, which is for the body, why can't you do that for your spiritual life? Hallelujah. You have, you have to make a decision based on where you are fed and where you are being built up to where you are going in life and stay there. Amen? It's, it's very, very important. So as I close, this is what I want to say. Do an inventory of the people around you. Write them down and say, is this person adding anything or depleting my life? Are the people around you supposed to be where they are? Are the people in your inner circle supposed to be in your inner circle or in, on the outer circle? Are, are there some people who are in your outer circle that must move into your inner circle? 
Make an inventory. Ask yourself, where am I going in life? Where am I going? Think about your children. Think about, think about investment. Think about all these other things. And begin to find out who, who are the, really the people who need to help me. You have to make decisions. Check out. When we look at so and so, the way they have raised up their children, it looks like they are the people we need to associate with. They should help us. How did they do it with their children that their children turned out right? Hallelujah. And if God brings a mentor in your life and the mentor disciplines you, keep that mentor. Instead of a praise singer who is going to sing praises to your downfall. Proverbs 28 verse 23 says, He who rebukes a man will find more favor afterward than he who flatters with his tongue. The other people will just flatter you, flatter you, flatter you to your destruction. And there are other people who discipline you because they see a lot of potential to where you're going in life, which maybe you yourself can see. So, three big choices. Choice number one, choose what you allow into your life. Choose what you're feeding on. Choose the movies. Some of the movies don't add anything. You can watch as many movies as possible. They will not bring you anything. Maybe one hour for movie the other hour, you, you, the other five hours, ten hours, you're thinking about, okay, where are we going in life? Our children, what, 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 what? But you cannot spend the whole day just watching movies. Amen? Number two, choose the name of the things that are happening in your life, that come your way. Even the worst things in life can work for your good, can become a training ground for greatness. Number three, choose whom you welcome into your life. Let us pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we pray right now that you give us divine wisdom, you give us guidance, you give us direction in these three areas. Lord, guide your people. Give your people courage to make the right choices in life. We thank you, we bless you, in Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. If you brought a tithe, I'd like you to stand up. Because I need to pray for you. It's also a choice. Don't associate with people who say, ah, is that is for Old Testament. Exit. Hallelujah. It's in the Bible. Amen. Don't associate. So if you brought the tithe, please stand up and just need to pray for you. If not, let's just lift our offering and pray for the offering. Father, in Jesus' name. We want to thank you for the offering this morning. We bless you for what you're doing. May you be glorified. May you be exalted. For this also is a choice. Your word says give and it shall come back to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaking together, running over. Will men give to your bosom. We give you glory. We give you praise. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.